Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is episode 94, and I'm going to get right into it because this has the potential to go long, and you're not here for a long podcast. You're here for 25 minutes of whatever I talk about. And today, we're going to talk about how you spend your money. So there is a question or a comment, or even you could say an accusation, that I've gotten a number of times over the years, and it's kind of something like this. Like, Matt, you know, you talk about this $600 fly rod. That's fine and all, but I have a lot of fun with my $50 fly rod. Or, you know, I use nail clippers and you use expensive nippers. Like, what are we missing out on by going cheap? Or what are you getting by going expensive? And I want to preface this with a lot of this is very, very subjective. The numbers are objective, but one man's $100 is not the same as another man's $100. One person can spend $1,000 and not blink an eye and another person that is totally unthinkable. So that has to be taken with a grain of salt. The, the, the number value is taken with a grain of salt. But we are in a day and age where there is enough fly fishing gear out there where you can have that low end and get really, really good stuff and you can get some really junky stuff. And you have the high end where you can get really, really good stuff and you can get junky stuff based upon the, the value. So there's a lot of variables here. And so this is going to be in, in one sense, just kind of like my snap decision in this part of fly fishing gear. Is it worth spending a lot of money or is it not worth spending a lot of money? I'm not going to talk about particular brands or particular price points, but just generally speaking, how should you spend your money if you are starting out or if you are thinking about upgrading, or if you're thinking about making a change in the type of fishing that you're doing, and you want to know, you know, should I really spend a lot of money on another whatever? Maybe this will be helpful to you in that. All right, so let's start really easy. Fly rods. Should you spend a lot of money on fly rods? No, you don't. You don't have to. 
there are so many good fly rods in that 200 to $400 range. And again, this is a perfect example. Some people might say, $400, that's ridiculous. There's no way I'm going to spend $400 on a fly rod. You can get a perfectly serviceable fly rod at Walmart for $19.95. Okay, that's all fine and good. But the reality is, is that you can buy a really, really nice fly rod for around $300, one that is going to make all the casts that you can make. Now, is there some separation between that $300 fly rod and that $900 fly rod? Yes, and you're going to have that insensitivity, quality of components, and a few other facets. But by and large, you're going to be able to make all the casts you need to make for any kind of fish in all circumstances and a rod you find for between $200 and $400. So in the grand scheme of things, that would make fly rods a no in the do I need to spend a lot of money uh, spectrum. You don't need to. Now, how about this? Reels. Here's where I'm going to throw a caveat in there. Freshwater, no. Saltwater, yes. Now, when I say freshwater, you say, oh, well, I fish for big carp or I fish for big smallmouth bass. Yes, but those fish aren't taking 100 yards of backing off of your reel. You can manage palming the exposed spool of your click paw reel if you want. Or you can buy a disc drag reel that is not going to stop a train. You will be fine in most situations fishing freshwater with a relatively simple drag system, be that click or be that disc. So consequently, you don't need to spend a lot of money. Saltwater, on the other hand, spend the money. Uh, Even a reasonably sized, I mean, you know, 18 to 24 inch saltwater fish is going to pull a lot of line out of your reel and having a good drag is a great way to help that fish get to you and off the hook quick and back in the water. It's helpful for fighting fish, but for even moderately sized saltwater game fish, you're going to be able to get that thing in and back out a lot faster and a lot easier if you have a drag to help you. So for reels, I would say no for freshwater reels, but yes, spend a little bit more money, and that can be in the low 200s for a good reel. Okay, line, and I've had a whole podcast about this. Yes, spend money on line. Here, the the jump from good to great is like 20 or 30 bucks. Spend that $75 on fly line. It is going to take that $300 fly rod and make it cast beautifully. I would rather have a $300 fly rod and a $100 fly line than a $900 fly rod and a $50 fly line. And if you want more information on why I'm so passionate and dogmatic about good fly line, there's an entire episode back in the Casting Across Fly Fishing podcast archives about why you should spend money on good fly line. But absolutely, if you at all can do it, spend money on fly line. Now, another thing you should spend money on is leaders and tippet. And this is a, a no-brainer because you're talking about the difference between a maybe a $2.5 spool of tippet and a $3.5 spool of tippet. So you buy seven spools of tippet and you're spending seven more dollars on the good stuff than you would if you bought the cheap stuff. And the same thing for leaders. If you buy tapered leaders, you know, it's worth getting good materials. They're going to be exposed to the elements. You're going to be using them a lot. And they're so inexpensive that there's no reason to not get the good stuff. So there's not a whole lot of difference between like different brands of monofilament and fluorocarbon. 
but the cheap stuff is really cheap. And so that's why you at least want to buy a premium brand of your monofilament or your fluorocarbon because that's really where the gap is. The cheap off-brand stuff, which you know what, if you found it and you've struck gold because you're convinced that the cheap off-brand stuff that you buy is the exact same stuff as the name brand, you know, high dollar stuff, then you know what, you might be right. I'm not one of those guys that tracks down every brand and where it comes from and all that sort of stuff, but I have seen some really cheap low shelf mono and fluorocarbon and it just it's not worth it it's not worth the frustration of knots not tying well it's not worth the frustration certainly of uh, losing fish so spend a few extra dollars on leaders and tippet next thing waders i'd say no buy the waders that fit you well and try to find something that's affordable if you are a guide you're probably not listening to my podcast maybe you are listening to my podcast if you're a guide and you're kneeling and you're all over the place and you're in your waders 300 days out of the year then you want to spend money on those waders because waders are going to be something that you either buy one a season or you are going to have to buy at least one pair a season if you have some that aren't really really good don't have good reinforced steams don't have uh, taped seams uh, don't have reinforcement in the knees crotch the rear end places like that so you want to spend the money on a pair of waders that will get you through an entire season but for most anglers you just want something comfortable, something that fits you well, and you can get a really good pair of waders with most companies' entry-level waders. Really, too, if you look at a lot of companies, once you go from their mid to their high uh, series of waders, you're talking about, I'm not talking about height, like I'm not talking about chest to, to waist waders, I'm talking about mid-level pricing to high-level pricing, you're talking about bells and whistles. And those might be things you're interested in, but they're certainly not things that you need. So I would say waders are not a huge priority. Wading boots, on the other hand, yes, spend your money on wading boots. And like I said, the fly line, I have an entire podcast episode on why I think you should spend money on wading boots. And I have a YouTube video recently that I put out about why you should spend money on wading boots and different styles of wading boots. But it comes down to this, your feet determine your safety and your comfort and so why not spend a little bit more money on a good pair of wading boots now wading boots like shoes are a matter of personal preference what is most comfortable to you you might find an inexpensive pair of wading boots that are super comfortable in fact one of the pairs that i'm wearing like crazy they retail for like 115 so very very inexpensive but I also have a pair of super heavy-duty ones that top around 200 bucks, And those are the ones that I'm going to wear if I'm out for a long, long, long time or I'm hiking on really, really rugged rocks and things like that. So you want to spend your money on a pair of boots, especially if you have any compromises in mobility or in stability or in foot, knee, hip, back health. That is money well spent. It's like a bed, you know, you use it all the time. Might as well spend a few more bucks to have a quality night sleep. All right, so waiters, no, boots, yes. Vest or pack. Now, this one is kind of, it, it, it's uh, conflicting for me to say this because I really like my nice packs, but you don't need fancy. You don't need expensive. You just need something that's going to have your gear where you need it to be. 
So again, I would say that that ought to be your big determining factor. But if you can find an inexpensive pack that's comfortable, that holds what you need, and that keeps it where you want it to keep it, and keeps stuff safe, then you're totally fine. So I know I would probably complain if I were to get out my super duper basic vest from 25 years ago or whatever and put all my stuff in it and I would complain that the pockets aren't super secure and that the ergonomics aren't great and things kind of poke me in funny places but it would work and when I was on the water as long as I was catching fish I wouldn't be worrying about it I wouldn't be thinking about it and a lot of times I throw a bunch of stuff in my pockets shirt pockets pants pockets waiter pockets and that's all I need I don't even need a pack you, you clip a bunch of stuff on you, you know, using nip zingers and lanyards and whatnot, and you don't need a big bulky pack for a lot of the fishing that you do, whether it's because you need to be moving quickly or because you've dialed in what you need. One box of flies, a pair of forceps, a couple spools of tippet, and you're golden. So you don't need to spend a lot of money on a vest or a pack. Flies. I don't spend a lot of money on flies. Part of that is because I try to tie as many of my own flies as I can. We could actually have this conversation about fly tying stuff. In, in I might even do that in the future. Like fly tying, what should you spend money on? What shouldn't you spend money on? But as it relates to actual flies, get flies that are not going to fall apart. I would say trial and error, figure out where you can find flies that are going to fish well, that are going to last more than a couple of fish, more than a couple of trips, and those are the kind of flies that you need. And you don't have to break the bank. You don't have to go and uh, find the premium flies uh, to, to be successful on the water. Fly boxes. No, not at all. You can get an awesome fly box for 10 bucks or less. Especially if you are doing compartment boxes, my goodness, you go to the department store and you will find all that you need. But really, you know, Altoid tins and little foam boxes, they're all inexpensive. So don't worry about that. That's a kind of a simple one. Tools. All right. I am hypocrite when I say do not spend a lot of money on tools because I have the fancy, you know, boutique nippers that I really, really enjoy, and I feel like they're worth it. But do you need them? No. Um, I wouldn't say use nail clippers for nippers because they don't have the hook eye cleaner. But you don't need something super fancy. But this is one of those things where it's, it's easy because when it's stuff like tools and floatant and sink and strike indicators and all of those things, the, the, the difference for most items, with the exception of the aforementioned nippers, is that the the off-brand bargain store cheap cheap stuff is like four or five dollars and the really quality potentially american made just a little bit more energy and effort stuff is between like six and ten dollars so name brand stuff isn't that difficult to come by but still you don't need to go out and buy the best of the best unless you really really need good nippers like some of us do all right sunglasses yes absolutely sunglasses Spend good money on sunglasses. The difference between your $5 sunglasses and your $100 plus sunglasses is night and day. I mean, literally, you will see like it's day out as opposed to like it is night out if you have a good pair of sunglasses. And I wrote about this this week, and I'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But a good pair of sunglasses, it does a few things. Now, hear me out. First of all, you get clarity. You get impact resistance, 
you have frames that are probably going to be warrantied. But then also, if you spend a little bit of money on a pair of sunglasses, you're probably not going to lose them. You're probably going to take good care of them. And so instead of buying pair after pair of $20 sunglasses, you're going to have one pair of $100, $150 sunglasses that last you for a long time. But I would say spend money on sunglasses. You are going to need to see where your feet are, and you're going to see where your fish is, and you're going to see where your line and leader and fly are that connects your feet to that fish. And you can do that so much better if you have a pair of sunglasses on. Eye fatigue is a real thing, and having a pair of cheap lenses that might be scratched up or scuffed up or smudgy or things like that is going to lead to eye fatigue, and you're going to lose your ability to focus and your ability to fish as well as you can if you have eye fatigue. So uh, sunglasses don't feel like a piece of fly fishing gear, but they really, really are. And it's also protection, too. You don't want a clouser minnow barreling at your face with a pair of cheap sunglasses that's going to shatter. So good sunglasses are worth the money. And again, stick around at the end when I talk a little bit about the sunglass article I published this week. The last one that I have on my list is clothes. Don't spend a lot of money on fly fishing clothes. Now, I have some fly fishing clothes that I absolutely love and they're super comfortable. There's a, uh, one line of shirts from a, a fly fishing company that I own a number of these shirts. And they're great, and they're super comfortable, and they have UV protection, and they're quick drying, and all those things. Truth be told, though, you can go to Target and go to the athletic section clearance and find similar stuff. Might not be as comfortable, might not be as stylish, but you're going to find quick drying, wicking, lightweight, clothing potentially with uv protection probably not though for like 10 bucks and that's the stuff that i wear if i'm bushwhacking i don't wear my nice fly fishing gear if i'm going to be covered in thorns and burrs and tearing stuff up i wear my cheap department store clothing when uh, i am in the woods like that and i never complain i never feel bad if anything i'm just happy that i'm dry and cool and fishing so there you go there's the uh the list uh, inevitably, I left some things out of there. Waiting jacket. No, don't need to spend a lot of money on a waiting jacket. Uh, get just something that, that keeps you dry and something that you don't mind keeping rolled up and smashed in the back of your car at all times. A premium jacket, you're going to treat a little bit nicely and you're going to have it up in your closet. And then guess what? You're not going to have it when you need to go fishing. Uh, socks. There's another one. I can go into clothing. Spend money on good socks. Same thing. You want comfortable feet to go in your comfortable boots. I could probably do this all day, but just as a as a rundown, and if I if I have some great thing that I missed, uh, then yeah, we can we can circle back around to it. Oh, hat. This is a this is a good question, but because a hat's an investment, like you can spend thirty bucks. So like if you were to go out and buy top of the line, uh, new era brand baseball cap, what's that? Thirty bucks. If you wear that thing until it dies, which I have a few hats in rotation, and mine last between five and ten years. That's a worthwhile investment if you really, really like that hat. But uh, so I would say yes, spend good money on a hat, or get one from a fly shop, and spend good money supporting your local fly shop. All right. Anyway, rod no, real fresh no, salt yes, line yes, leader and tippet yes, waders no, boots yes, vest or pack. No. Flies? No. Fly boxes? No. Tools? No. Unless it's that fancy pair of nippers that you need. Sunglasses? Yes. Clothes? 
no, unless it's socks or a hat, in which case, yes. So anything that you disagree with me on significantly, again, this is very subjective. Um, I have, looking at that list, I have cheap versions of all that stuff, and I have expensive versions of all that stuff. And if I were to outfit myself for just a normal trout fishing scenario, it would be a real mix and match of the stuff that I use that's cheap and the stuff that I use that's expensive. And it might not even line up perfectly with what I, I said yes and no to. But what do you think? What are your thoughts? What have you found that you can really get away with going cheap on and things that you would absolutely not be caught dead on the water with unless it was it was your high-end gear? I'm interested. I really am. Let me know. Matthew at castingacross.com or just leave a comment in the show notes of this podcast on the website. This week on castingacross.com, the first article was called Dry Flies, Three Ways, which, as you may know from listening to the podcast, that's what I talked about last week. So this is usually a situation where I write something and then it gets a little bit of buzz, or I want to revisit it, and so I talk about it on the podcast. This was the opposite. I talked about three different ways you can fish dry flies last week on the podcast, and then I wrote about it this week. So just a little bit of a different form, and uh, it was it was kind of fun to do that. Anyway, but you if you listen, you already heard that content. We should read it because we might be auditory learners or visual learners, and we're all to one degree or another both. So if there's something you wanted to revisit, then go check that article out. Wednesday, I wrote the next sunglasses you need for fishing. And as I promised earlier in the podcast, I wrote an article about sunglasses and make the argument that if you have multiple fly rods, because you have multiple angling situations that you come across, if you have different spools of line, that you change on your reel as you encounter different scenarios for angling, why not carry different lens colors for sunglasses when you're fishing? Because there's a good chance where the fishing is going to stay relatively the same throughout the day, but the light conditions are going to be altered dramatically. And so I wear a pair of dark kind of, they're, they're a dark amber with a mirrored green finish lens for normal light and then a pair of almost yellow mirrored lenses for low light and buying those was absolutely one of the best things I could do for my fishing because I can use those in virtually no light and still get the polarized benefits and actually brighten what's up around me. So uh, it's a little bit of a push for you to go check out some really, really light lenses. These are from Costa. I love them to death. Um, but just opening the conversation to why not have a second pair or a third pair of sunglasses. I do got my normal freshwater lenses. I have my low light lenses and then I have a pair of, of blue water lenses that really cut out all the glare and all the brightness. Um, and those are pretty snazzy too. This week's recommendation on the podcast is another video from Reddington. These are really fun videos and I love Reddington as a company. Reddington's gear fits in the quality but low price categories that I've been talking about earlier. Rods, reels, boots, waders, um, you really can't go wrong with, with, with their stuff. But they've put out a few videos and this last one came out on the 26th of August and it's called No Days Wasted. And it follows um, a guy named Matus Sobolik, I probably butchered that, but he fled communist Slovakia when he was a young man and he started fishing. Um, he found his way in a new place um, 
through the outdoors and uh, not just fishing, but hiking and bouldering and doing all that sort of stuff. It's just a fun short video showcasing some really cool places. I don't know where half of these places are, but I think they're in the Eastern Sierras and there's some just some really fun photography to, or, or videography just a short little video definitely check it out so there's going to be a link to that video on this page on castingacross.com but or you can head over to reddington's website reddington.com and check out the video there but just a fun little break in the day no huge message you're not being sold anything i mean you're, if you're at reddington's website you're going to see their gear but it's just a fun way to spend a couple of minutes which couldn't we all use a fun way to spend a couple of minutes? Hopefully you spent a 25 minutes that have been fun listening to the podcast. And for that, thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.